Okay, we begin. So, last week we were talking about the, uh, the four elements and how the four elements relate to the Yud, the He, the Vav, and the He, and how it's necessary to bring the, the elements together. In essence, we're bringing the letters together. So, according to the Ben Ishchai, even though Chacham Avadiyah says you don't have to do it, there are many different uh, mitzvot that when, before we do the mitzvot, we're supposed to say, L'Shem Yichud Kudshah in order to unify, L'Shem Yichud, in order to unify the, we don't even say the name, in order to unify God in essence, and the Shekhinah, and then we have the letters, and we say uh, with fear and with love, with, with love and with fear, the Yuchudah for a uh, a complete unification, the Yud the He, together with the Vav and the He, the Yuchudah Shalem in a in a complete uh, unification, B'Shem Kol Yisrael, and then we have in the Yud the K the Vav the K together, B'Shem Kol Yisrael, in in the name of all of Israel, Harenim Mitabel Alai, so I receive upon myself X Y Z, or I'm going to do this mitzvah X Y Z. And we conclude it with a verse from Tehillim, So, <clears throat> the idea is when we do a mitzvah, we're bringing together the Yud Dehe and the Vav and the Hay. The question is, what does that mean? And when you try to understand so what this... So, saying, you should say this beracha. You should say this so, small, sort of small bef- prayer before every, before every mitzvah. L'shem yichud kuchah b'yichu. That's crazy. So you look in the many of the sidurim, they have l'shem yichud kuchah b'yichu. I'm going to put on my tefillin. L'shem yichud kuchah. I'm going to put on my talit. So I I basically shorten it to the vihino am to the last verse. So before I put on my vihino am, I say, and I put on the talit. With that in mind, a short version. But sometimes in some mitzvot, I do the whole l'shem yichud. For example, we do the l'shem yichud generally with the uh, the moon. When we do Birkat HaLevana, we do it in saying the Omer. It's always in the text. Yeah, so we're bringing the Yud K. But I, th- I saw that, I think that it really relates to this week's Perasha, to the doing of the Mishkan. So we read in this week's Perasha, the beginning. Vaidaber Adonai Moshe Lemor, Hashem says to Moshe saying, Daber El Bnei Israel, speak to Bnei Israel, Vayikhuli, and they should take for me, Teruma, Teruma is a portion. Me'et kol ish from every person. Asher yidbenu libo that his heart will motivate him. Tichu take et excuse me terumati my teruma. The question is, why does Hashem repeat himself? Vayichu li teruma they should take from me teruma. Then again the same verse. Tichu et terumati take my teruma. So it almost means the same thing. Why repeating the same thing twice? So additionally, <coughs> Rashi comments and he says, teruma, they should take for me teruma, li lishmi, me for my name. Li lishmi, li for my name. So Rashi says, Lashem Shamayim. They should take the teruma and they should give it Lashem Shamayim. But the question they ask is, aren't all mitzvot supposed to be given L'Shem Shamayim? We learn in the Gemara, <coughs> do, everything for the, do everything for the sake of the maker, the person who did it, who made us. We should do the mitzvot. And you should speak about them, for their sake. Don't make yourself a crown to raise yourself up. Don't use the Torah to give you grandeur. And don't, don't use uh, the Torah to make them a spade to dig. Don't use it to earn money, basically, it seems to say. So don't use it for honor. Don't use it to earn. Use it. So we have that all the time. So why specifically here? We're saying that this is L'Shem L'Shem. Shemi, he says, for the sake of my name. We encounter the same difficulty with another pasuk. Vasuli mikdash, make me a mikdash. Veshachanti betocham, I shall dwell among them. Rashi says, they will make a house and sanctify and dedicate it to my name. 
So again, my name, my name, my name. What's the idea of my name that's brought up a number of times by Rashi relating to this Terumah? So there's a rabbi in the Gemara. His name is Rav Chia. Rav Chia is an interesting character if you see him. Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi had a student and then he became his colleague and his name was Rabbi Chia. He originally came from Bavel where he was apparently well established. He came to Eretz Israel along with his sons to learn Torah in the academy of Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi. He was held in such high esteem that when the Gemara lists a number of individuals who were key to Jewish history, including Ezra and Hillel, and who were able to restore Jewish knowledge to its rightful place in their time, it mentions Rabbi Chia. So he's a big guy. There's a number of stories in the Gemara about him. He appears very often. So it says that <clears throat> once Rabbi Chanina and Rabbi Chia were arguing over a point. It says they're arguing over a point of Torah. Rabbi Chanina said to Rabbi Chia, How dare you argue with me? Don't argue with me. Like, you don't know who I am. Heaven forbid, if the Torah was completely forgotten from B'nai Israel, this is what Rabbi Chanina says. I could restore it through my power of pilpul. Through my own powers, I could restore the Torah to the world. Who you can't argue with me? Rabbi Chia responds to Rabbi Hanina, How do you argue with me? For I make sure that the Torah is not forgotten from B'nai Israel to begin with. How do I do that? I go and I sew flax, I guess linen, right? In order to make nets. And with the nets, I trap deer. When I trap the deer, I kill the deer. And I slaughter the deer. I take the meat, I give it to orphans. And then with the skin of the deer, I use it for cloth. On the skin, I write the Torah, the five books of the Torah. Then I go to a town where people don't know anything. And I find five young boys. And I teach each one, one of the books of the Torah from the cloth. And I find six more boys, and I teach each of them by heart one of the six Sidre of the Mishnah. And then I leave the town, and I charge the eleven boys, the five with the Torah and the six with the Mishnah, to teach each other everything I taught them until I come back. And this is how I make sure that the Torah is not going to be forgotten from B'nai Israel. Rabbi spoke about Rabbi Chia and says how great are the deeds of Chia based on this story, that this is what he did. So the question here is, it sounds like a great story, right? But in essence, what is he doing? He's teaching young kids Torah. Uh, every generation has people teaching young kids Torah. Probably thousands of people teaching young kids Torah. Why something so special about this with Rabbi Chia compared to anyone else? Why was he so impressed, Rabbi, to say how great are the deeds of Chia? And the question is, how also did teaching children in a group of five and in a group of six ensure that the Torah would never be forgotten from Israel? What was so special about what he was doing? What is the symbolism in his formula? So Rabbi Friedman, he, he discusses this uh, Rabbi Chia's admirable deed. But first he says, let's discuss Chazal's revelation that the Bet HaMikdash down on earth is aligned opposite the Bet HaMikdash above. So there's a Bet HaMikdash above, mm-hmm. and the one below is built in alignment with the one below. In Pashad Vayetzeh, upon realizing that he was sleeping on the Makom of the Mikdash, the place of the Mikdash, Yaakov Avinu remarks, he says, how awesome is this place? This is nothing but the house of Hashem. And these are the gates of heaven. So this is Rashi comments in the name of the Midrash that the Bet HaMikdash on high is aligned opposite the Bet HaMikdash below. And he sees Zehashar, this is the gates up and down. Go further, in the Gemara Eruvin it says, Miyom, from the day that the Bet HaMikdash was destroyed, says, he says, From that point forward, you can only use 
the two-letter name of Hashem. As it states in Tehillim, V'kol ha-neshama tehalel yudke. All the people, all the neshamot should praise the name Yudinhei, Ka, Yudhei. So it goes from there. It says, Rashi provides the following clarification. From the day the Bet HaMikdash was destroyed, and the Kohanim stopped reciting the Berachot with the Shem HaMeforash, it says so that when, when, the, when the Kohanim did Birkat Kohanim, they would do Birkat Kohanim with the Yud, the Hei, the Vav, the Hei. They would say Hashem's name. So it says, since then, we can't do anything. So all we could do is, Kol ka. All we could do is the two letters. We can't do the four. It appears we could see this based on what we saw in Amalek, when we read about Amalek. It says, Vayomer, it says, Kiyad al kesya milchama Hashem ba'amalek midor dor. He says, for there is a hand on the throne of Hashem. Hashem maintains a war against Amalek from generation to generation. What's the name that we use of Hashem? Yad al-Ketz, Ya, yud Only, kol ha-neshama tehalel, yud Only that. So it seems Hashem swears that his name is not whole, his throne is not whole, until the name of Amalek is completely eradicated. So long as there's Amalek in the world, the letters Vav and K remain absent or separated from the four-letter name of Hashem, and only the two letters Yud and He remain. So we have a separation. So when we're saying Lashem Yichud, in order to unite, we're trying to unite what appears to be separated in our times: the Yud and the He, and the Vav and the He. We find an explanation regarding this matter in the writings of the Ismach Moshe, based on the teaching of the Tikkun Zohar, that the name Havaya is alluded to by the first letters of the phrase, Yismechu HaShamayim Vatagel Ha'aret. Yismechu Yud HaShamayim Hei Vatagel Vav Ha'aret Hei. So when you read those four words, you have in mind the Yud Dekei, the Vav Dekei. Yismechu HaShamayim Vatagel Ha'aret. In the heavens, the greatness of Hashem is always apparent to various forms of angels. Even during times of Galut and when Hashem is his presence is obscured down on earth. Therefore, even during times of Galut, when the name of Amalek exists and it remains in force, the first part of Hashem's name, the Yudin Hei, Yismechu HaShamayim, because that's in heaven, continues to shine brightly in the heaven. Right? The problem is the second part. Down on earth, the glory of His sovereignty is only apparent during periods, periods of Geulah. During times of Galut and when Hashem's presence is concealed, however, the joy is absent down on earth. Therefore, as long as Amalek exists, causing the presence of Hashem to be concealed down on earth, the letters Vav and He, which represent Vatagel Ha'aretz, down here, remain absent. Only only in the future, when Hashem's glory will be apparent even on earth, will the sacred name be complete and all four letters valid together. And only then can we say, Yismechu HaShamayim, that's the heaven, Vatagel HaAretz, the Aretz also. This concludes the, this explanation. Now we can begin to comprehend why the Kohanim blessed B'nai Israel with the four-letter name of Hashem. After all, the Bet HaMikdash, that was the place where B'nai Israel were privileged to have the presence of the Shekhinah. It says in this week's parasha, V'asuli Mikdash, make me a Mikdash, V'shachanti, I will dwell among them, among them, due to the presence of the Shekhinah and the Ber Hamikdash, there was Vatagel Haaret. There was joy, rejoicing, even on earth. In fact, regarding the day that the Mishkan was erected, we learn in the Gemara, Gemara Megillah, Tanya. We learn Otohayom that day, Haytasimcha Lifneha Kadosh Baruch Hu. There was joy in front of Hashem. Keyom Shinivreu Bo Shamayim Baaretz. As, it was the, as on the day that Hashem created the heavens and the earth. And again, we're alluding to Yismechu HaShamayim, Vatagel HaAretz, and the unity. When the Ben HaMikdash was built, the holy name was complete with all four letters. For the joy was complete both in the heavens and on earth. And we have Yismechu HaShamayim Vatagel HaAretz. This is the implication of the Pasuk. Depicting the scene on the day the Mishkan was erected. What does it say in Vayikra? It says, Vayad Kevod Hashavaya. 
the glory of Hashem, the Yud, the K, the Vav, K, appeared to all of the people. So something happened when the Mishkan was erected that brought together the whole, le- the whole sides of the two, the two sides of the name. So until, until the, the Beit HaMikdash is reconstructed, there's some, kind, some ways of improvising to, to bringing bring together. Exactly. So that's and, where and, we're trying and, to and see. These are, these are some of the ways. So we say Lashem Yichud, but what do we really have in mind and what is the way to do it? That's, that's the question that I'm tackling. So this is the meaning of the Gemara. It says, Miyom Shechara Bet HaMikdash, from the, from the time of the destruction of the Mikdash, the Shekhinah vacated its earthly abode. As a consequence, there was no more joy down on earth. And, and the, this resulted in the disappearance of the two letters, Vav and He, which stand for Vatagela Aretz. Therefore, the world has to suffice with the two letters, the Yud and He, which we say, Yismechu HaShamayim, until the future Geulah. Then Hashem's going to rest the Shekhinah on earth, fully revealed to all. As a result, the two letters, Vav and He, will, jo- will be restored to their proper place to join the letters Yud and He. And we see this in the inherent term of Geulah. Geulah is Ga'al Vav Hei. Is the, is, is the redemption of the letters Vav and Hei. Geulah is Gimel Aleph Vav Lamed Hei. You take the word Ga'al and then you're left with the Vav Hei. And that's what Geulah is. That no. the Vav Hei is redeemed. By the time the second, second temple <coughs> was destroyed... Did this unity exist, or by then it was already separated? So you see here, you'll see how, how the separation occurs. I have okay. actually. Taking into account, we learn a fundamental principle. The Ben HaMikdash above in the heavens represents the Yud and the He. That's the Yismu because it's in heaven. While the one on earth would represent Vatagela Aretz. Rav Shnir Zalman of Lady in Likutei Torah, he writes, that the Yushalayim of Shamayim, is the yud hey, the Yerushalayim of earth is the vav hey. Now when you go into the Mishkan, you see this week we describe the curtains. There's chamesh hayeriyot, there's five curtains that are attached one, one over the other and five attached to another. So, and then on the other hand, you have of the goat's hair, you have five against six. So the five against five represents the aseret hadibrot. The five against six represents the Torah. five books of Torah and the six books of the Mishnah. The Shelah Kadosh, he explains, the first set of curtains, which were arranged five opposite five, correspond, like we said, to the two Luchot, where the Aseret Hadibrot are arranged five against five. <coughs> the other five against six correspond to the five Chumashim and the six orders of the Mishnah. This allusion pertaining to the curtains of the goat's hair appears already in Targum Yonatan, which is 2,000 years ago, in this week's parasha. He provides the same explanation again in the parashat Vayakel. Also, the Megale Amukot on Ba'ir Hanan explains the five Chumashim of the Torah correspond to the final He of the Shem Hashem, the Vav and the He. The Vav is the six books of the Mishnah, while the five is the five books of the Torah. We find the same explanation in the writings of the Shelah Kadosh. We can now appreciate why Hashem... We can now appreciate why Hashem commanded B'nai Israel to cover the Mishkan with the curtains. Because those curtains relate specifically to the five Humashim and the six... Mishnayot, or the or the hay and the vav, or the vav and the hay. This relates to what we learned above, that these relate to the vav and hay of the Shem Hashem. Now, we're going to try to understand. Now, the Mishnayot. Mm-hmm. That's the oral Torah. Right, right, right. But they they were not demarcated as as such when the Mishkan was in existence. No, but so you have the oral law was still transmitted as oral law. Okay. So he says he taught them the Mishnah. All the six six tractates of Mishnah as oral law before it was written, because he's before yeah, they right. put it in. So there had to be an oral law of the Mishnah prior to to this happening. So it says this coincides with what we learned that the Ben Hamikdash on earth is represented. We're talking about the name of Hashem, the Yud, the Hey, and the Vav and the Hey. 
So we have the Ben HaMikdash in heaven relates to a Ben HaMikdash below. The one in heaven is represented by the letters Yud and He. The one on earth is represented by the Vav and He. While there's Amalek, it says Al Ketz Ya, Yud K in Amalek. So Amalek is separating the Yud and the K from the Vav and the K. The Vav and He. So there's a separation because there's a separation of the above and below because the below, we say, we also we have the word, the sentence, Yismechu HaShamayim, Yudin Hei, Vatagel Haaretz. The earth is going to rejoice. With no Mikdash, there's no rejoicing. Once the Mishkan was built, it says Hashem appeared, His Yudke Vavke appeared. What is Yudke Vavke appeared? Because it came together in unity because you had the above and the below joining together. So, so what happens is when we're in Galut, the Galut is Galut of the Vav and the K, of the lower level. And that's why we said Geulah is Ga'al Vav He. The redemption of the Vav and the He. So when try to... Hmm? Where's the Vav He? Ga'al. So Geulah is Gimel Alev Vav Lamed He. So Ga'al and then Vav He. So that's what we're trying to redeem. So it says that. That's why we do the Yichud. That, so that's how I started. What is the whole idea behind the Lashem Yichud? How do we understand what the idea is and what the purpose? And the sources of Lashem Yichud are basically here for the Mishkan. Because Hashem says about the Mishkan, He talks about Terumah and Terumati in the first verse. Why Terumah and Terumati? Why double? Why do you need both, both signs? Rashi says Lishmi. What does it mean, Lishmi? Rashi writes Lashem Shamayim. But there seems to be something more lishmi, meaning my name, to, that, that's playing in here, which the name is the Yudike, the Vavke. Hashem. So we go, Hashem commands us to build the Bet HaMikdash below, which aligns to the Bet HaMikdash above, seeing that the Bet HaMikdash above is Yismechu HaShamayim, to build below in order to do the Vavhe, in order to join the two. So how do we do that? And that's how we do Yismechu HaShamayim Vatagel HaAretz. You see. So at this point, we can understand. So one of the stories we told was about Rab Chia. Rab Chia has this argument about Rab, with Rab Hanina. And the argument they're talking about, Rab Hanina says, if the Torah was forgotten from the world, I'm smart enough that through Pilpul, I could redo the whole Torah. Rab Chia says, I don't have to worry about that because I make sure the Torah is not forgotten. How? I go and I sow nets and I catch deer and I take the deer and I slaughter the deer and I feed the meat of the deer to the, to the uh, Orphan. orphans. Then on the skin of the deer, I write the Torah. I take a town where, the kid, where they don't know anything. I take five boys. I teach each boy one of the books of the Torah. Then I teach six other boys one of the books of the Mishnah by heart. And between the five and the six, I tell them, teach each other. And when I come back, we'll go further. So he says, that way I make sure the Torah is not forgotten. Because when I go to a town, I make sure there's five kids that know the Torah, one book each. Six kids that know the Mishnah, one book each. And they all teach each other. But there's something about this five and this six. Because the five and the six is again the Vav and the He. That we're trying to understand. It's amazing, you know, because, because the whole idea of the six of the Mishnah is organic. See, I thought that some clever rabbis... It just happened. I thought some clever rabbis you know, right. figured it out and put it together. But, it was but here's organic. it means it has to be that. Right. And we, and we keep Amazing. going back to this pasuk. Every month we have the name of Hashem, the Yud, the K, the Vav, K, is, is when, we, when we say the bracha in Rosh Chodesh of the month, we have to think of the name of Hashem in a permutation based on a different verse. Every month is different. Some months, the, it's a, on Nisan, for example, there's a Yudahe of Vavahe based on this verse, Yismechu HaShamayim Vatagel HaAretz. Some months it's reversed. Tammuz is the reverse. Something that is always bothered me. Yeah. Both the Parashiyot and the Rashi Chodeshim, and the Chodeshim. Uh-huh. They're not, they're not from, from anywhere. Ah, no, but no, and I'm not saying the name of the month of Nisan. Forget the names. Even the, the, the idea of, of Nisan. Yeah, we have. Nisan is Rosh Chodashim. We have yeah, the first mitzvah. Nisan, it says the first month. So-and-so. Yeah, yeah, this is the first month, the month of the spring. Forget the name. The name is not important at all to us. And the division of the parashiot was done by 
Ezra Sofer and Anshe Knesra And it seems they had such incredible, incredible knowledge to line up these parshiot with the weeks so that they, and for example, when we went over Yitro a couple of weeks ago, why was Yitro the beginning of the Ten Commandments? Why did Ezra start with Yitro? The whole genius in how they set it up is, is really part of the, the whole understanding of the Torah. I thought the Romans did. The... No, no, no. The Romans did. The... The, the... So the chapters, you see, what we don't, we don't use, we don't follow the chapters, chapters. and verses that the okay. Goyim, the Greeks, gave. We follow. So sometimes you see, the 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 Perasha begins verse three. Right. How can it be verse three? Why not one and two? It says, but the chapters that has nothing to do with us. The chapters right. have nothing to do. But the uh, so at this point we can understand why Hashem repeated Himself in the pasuk. He says, Take for me teruma from every person. That his heart will desire. We're again, we're repeating. Why repeating? Here Hashem intends that Bnei Israel should take a portion to build the Bet HaMikdash down on earth, representing the letters Vav and He in teruma. It's Terem Vav He. Terem Vav He indicating that each individual should donate his part towards the Vav Hei. So Hashem says, Vatagel Ha'aretz, based on the people giving on below. Yisrael understands, however, that their efforts could only account for the, for the lower level. Vatagel Ha'aretz. He says, but Hashem responds immediately that if you do the Terumah, then I do Terumati. Terumati brings the Yud and the Hei and I complete the connection. If you do your job below, I will complete the job above. This explains the message of Rashi, because Rashi is saying, what does it mean, do it for li lishmi. What do you mean li lishmi? The whole thing is the terumah is the vav hey, the terumati is the yud hey, and by doing it, what are we doing? We're doing lishem yichud, kutshab yichud, we're bringing together the name of Hashem through the Mishkan and through the Terumah, we're doing it, and that's that's why Rashi says Li Lishmi. We translate it says Lashem Shamayim. Every mitzvah has to be Lashem Shamayim. Can I interrupt? I know yeah. Philosophically speaking, it's clear. Maasit. Yeah, we we got it. We got to get no, there. I just want to understand one thing. Okay. By the fact that I and not nobody <coughs> saying Lashem Chud Beruch. Okay. Beautiful. I prayed, I did whatever. First of all, I have a problem with, with the prayers that are way too long, and there's no way you could put a kavanah for three, three and a half hours every time you're going to pray, which is impossible. If you do a kavanah for one minute, it's already huge. Okay. How am I sit doing something to, to connect? That, so that's what we're going to see. Oh, what, okay. what does he bring? I'm sorry. So he says, based on what we learned, we can begin to comprehend. But Hashem says after, Asuli Mikdash, Shachanti Betocham. Why Shachanti Betocham? Because once they do the Mikdash, the Yudikei, the Vavkei come, and that's why it says in Vayikra that they saw that Hashem was with them. They saw the Yudikei, the Vavkei, in some level of Yichud. It says Rabbi Akiva goes and he says that the Shekhinah rests, Ish Ve'isha, Zahu Shekhinah Benehem. When a man and woman are together, there's zocher that the shechinah should be between them. How? The ish brings the yud. The isha brings the hay. The letters of the name of Hashem's the yud and hay are split between the man and the woman. The letter yud between is the man, the letter vav there. So we learn that the name the yud hay alludes to the shechinah. We always say, kol ha-neshama tehalel yud hay. That's the shechinah. The Megaleh Amukot provides a nice allusion regarding this fact. The letters of the word Shekhinah can be rearranged to spell Shachen Yudhei, a neighbor of Yudhei, of the Shekhinah. In other words, the name of Yudhei rests with Bnei Israel. The Shalah Kadosh presents the same illusion and he says, The Amru HaMekubalim, Shekhinah, Otiyot Shachen Yudke. He says that the word Shekhinah means the letters Shachen, neighbor of Hashem. When we say that Hashem rested his Shekhinah in the Ben HaMikdash below, we're implying that he extends his name, Yudhei, 
from the Bet Hamikdash above, which corresponds to the Bet Hamikdash to the Yudin Hay, to the Bet Hamikdash below, which corresponds to the Vav Hay Vatagila Aretz, and it completely joins. Thus, when it completely joins, Hashem could say Vasuli Mikdash the Shachanti Betocham, because there we have that four letters are coming together. Goes further. This line of reasoning, now we could try to understand what is the methodology of Rabbi Chia. Why is he teaching the five kids the Torah, the six kids the Mishnah? Why did he choose it to do it this way? And he says he did it to ensure the Torah would never be forgotten. It says, further, we have, in this week's parasha, we have a crazy thing. When the, when the, it says when the Babylonians came into the Ben Amikdash, the one thing they couldn't understand was two Keruvim, two cherubs, looking like children, facing each other, hugging each other. What? What? Why? How? What, what does it mean? It says, we could start to understand some idea on the Keruvim. He says, you shall make Keruvim of gold. He says, you shall make one Keruv from one end, one Keruv from the other end. The Keruvim shall be wings spread and they're facing each other. And Hashem is going to speak to you, Moshe, between the two Keruvim. So, it is there that I'm going to arrange my audience with you, Hashem is telling Moshe. I'm going to speak to you from between, from the top of the lid between the Kiruvim. Why? What's going on? What's special? Rashi comments, each of the Kiruvim has the face of a child. The source is the Gemara, and it says, what is a Kiruv? Rabbi Abahu said, like a child. For indeed in Bavel they called the child Raviyah. Concerning these figures, the Admor, Rabbi Yisachar Dov uh, of Bells, he explains that Hashem wished to allude to something that's crucial for the survival of the Jewish people, the education of children. He says, this is the foundation of our survival and continued existence throughout the generations. The Aron, which contains the two Luchot, watch, wait, the Aron, which contains the two Luchot, he says, was the foundation of the entire Torah. The continued existence and survival of the Torah was dependent on the following condition. The two Kiruvim, which were formed in the image of young school children, had to be attached to the Aaron. In other words, were required to educate our children to engage in the study of Torah facing one another. For this reason, Hashem's voice emerged specifically from between the Kiruvim, this phenomenon alludes to the fact that the Shekhinah dwells us, among us, essentially, in the merit of one thing. Children learning Torah. How do we prove this? So you ask the question, how did Hashem leave? How did Hashem's Shekhinah leave in the Mikdash? What happened? So we see. The Mishnah says, Lo charva Yerushalayim. Yerushalayim was only destroyed. Ela bishvil shebitluba. The reason the Ben HaMikdash was destroyed, the Gemara says in Shabbat, was because they were remiss in teaching their children Torah. The author of the Mishneh Lemelech comments on the Rambam, and he explains as follows. Come and see how dear young children are to Hashem. The Sanhedrin were exiled. What happened to the Shekhinah? It stayed. No, the Sanhedrin went 11 years before, remember? It says, the Shekhinah didn't go into exile. The watches, the important people were exiled. The Shekhinah didn't go into exile with them. It says, but when the young children went into exile, the Shekhinah went into exile. As it says in Echa, her young children have gone into captivity before the enemy. Immediately after it says, gone from the daughter of Sion is all her splendor. Once the children, everything's over. <coughs> the Midrash continues that Hashem wished to destroy the Bet HaMikdash. He says, as long as I'm inside it, the nations of the world can't touch it. Immediately he vows by his right arm and places it behind him. He draws back, he removes his presence, and at that moment the enemies can enter the Hechal and burn it down. So he says, the reason why Yerushalayim was destroyed is only because... They were remiss in the education of the children. For as long as the school children studied in Yerushalayim, the Shekhinah did not leave Yerushalayim or the Ben HaMikdash, and the enemies of B'nai Israel could not do anything to destroy the Mikdash, because if Hashem is in the Mikdash, He can't touch it. 
only when they stopped did Hashem say, I'm out of here. That goes further. We add the following from the Zohar. It says, Et hazamir higia, the time of your song, but zamir could be song, or it also could be the trimming when you cut the the uh, the, the, the vegetate the the, the the crops. They call they call tour neshama be'arsenu. He says that the uh, and the voice of your guide is heard in the land. The Zohar interprets the pasuk as follows: Et hazamir higia. When the time comes to trim away and to cut the wicked out of the world, Hashem will save the world. They call Hatur Nishma Be'arsenu in the merit of the sound, this is the Zohar, of the school children engaging in the study of the Torah. The Zohar concludes by stating that this then is the interpretation of the Pasuk. Turei Zahav Na'aselach, Turei Zahav, circles of gold you're going to make for you. This alludes to the two Keruvim. And the Zohar says the Keruvim are there. Now look, there's a whole other Zohar that explains differently. But the, that explains there's a place in heaven, etc. But the two Keruvim are there, the Zohar is explaining here, because they represent the school children. They represent the children. Now you understand what's the whole idea behind Rabbi Chia. He says, says Rabbi, he saves the Torah. How does he save the Torah? He says, we learn from Ramban that before any miracle could occur, it's necessary to perform a symbolic gesture below in order to trigger the miracle above. In order for something to happen above, you need to turn on the light switch. You need to do something symbolic below to turn it. With this in mind, we have a chidush. Rabbi Chia wanted to perform a symbolic gesture utilizing the children whom he taught Torah. He wanted them to serve as a template for the two keruvim that were shaped like children, and between whom Hashem rested his Shekhinah. So what does he do? He wants to be in the Ben HaMikdash, in the Kodesh HaKodeshim, and Hashem is speaking between these children studying. So what does he do? He takes from the children the voice of Hashem and it's going to emerge because it's through the children. And he guarantees that they're not going to forget Torah as it's written. It's there, Hashem says, So Hashem is telling Moshe, There I'm going to speak to you between the two Keruvim. Moshe would enter the Mishkan, says Rashi. As soon as he came into the entrance, a voice would descend from the heaven to a point between the Keruvim. From there it would emerge and be heard by Moshe in the Ohel Moed. This was the spot. It was for this reason that Rabbi Chiyah, due to his great wisdom, to his Ruach HaKodesh, he designated five school, school children to learn the five orders of the Chumash, the five books of the Chumash, six to learn the Mishnah. Because what happens? He wants to recreate the pattern of the Mishkan. We had the five curtains against the six curtains. The five curtains represent the lower hay, the six curtains represent the lower vav, vatagel ha'aretz. That's what he needed to recreate. Since there's no Mishkan, since there's no Mikdash when he's there, what does he have to do? He recreates the Mishkan through the children. He recreates the Aaron through the children. So you see that Hashem rests his Shekhinah through the letters Yudin Hey. That's the upper among the school children. Thus the Shekhinah in the form of the Yudin Hey rests upon the children who are the Vavin Hey. That's the, that's the coming together. This establishes the model of the two Keruvim in the Ben HaMikdash that were shaped like two children facing each other. But he goes further. He says, between these two Keruvim that the Shekhinah rests, in this manner he completes the unification of the Yud in the He and the Vav in the He. How? He says, we could appreciate why Rabbi Chiyah instructed each child to do what? To teach the others the Chumash that he taught him and the Mishnah that he taught him. Because it was crucial to teach. Why? Rabbi Chiyah deduced the methodology from Hashem's directive to construct two keruvim facing one another. Is upnehem ish el achiv. That's what it says. He instructed each child to teach the other children the portion of Torah that they had been taught, that they were taught to understand, that the continued existence of Torah hinged on what? The keruvim talking to one another. Teaching one to another. 
You have to learn in order to teach. Without the teaching, there's no learning. So what he tried to do is create through the children a physical replacement as a hint to replace the Kiruvim and the Mikdash, to replace the curtains and the Kiruvim. Wow. So the physical entity is irrelevant at this point. So he's using the children as a physical entity in order to bring, bring the two together. And when you say, sorry, Rabbi, when you say school, regardless, it is, that could be with father and son. Anything. But, but, the, but he's saying the idea is the children, because it's the innocence of the Talmudah, the Bet Rabbi. We see what was one of the reasons that Haman saw he was going to be destroyed. Haman came, and where was Mordechai? When Haman came to put Mordechai on the horse, where was Mordechai? He was outside the gates. What was he doing outside the gates, the Midrash says? He was teaching the children. He was teaching the children. Haman saw he's teaching the children. It's over. It's over. With everything Haman planned, with giving the 10,000 talents of silver to Sedaka in order to get, to get the, the zechut like, uh, like Nebuchadnezzar that he learned from Daniel, all these crazy things. Haman thought he had it. Once he saw the children learning, he knew it was over. He knew it was over. So we better understand the Maharasha writes in Chidusha Agatot, he explains that Rabbi Yenchiyah insisted that the Chumashim be written on parchment whose entire preparation from start to finish was performed with the utmost Kiddushah and Tara. So the question is, if he wants to teach them Torah, go to the store, buy a book, bring the book, and teach them. Why was it necessary for the, for the Gemara to tell us that he made nets and with the nets he caught the, the deer. And that he fed the meat to the orphans. And then he wrote the Torah on that deer. Because from the moment of making the nets, he did the nets with Kavanav Kedusha. Caught the, the, the deer with Kavanav Kedusha. Slaughtered the deer with Kavanav Kedusha. Gave the food with all Kedusha to orphans. And then wrote each word of the Torah with Kedusha. So he took the whole task from beginning to end with Kedusha in order to bring to the pure children a Torah, a pure Kedusha. He says, this is, this is why he sowed the seeds, to grow the flax, to make the nets, to trap the deer. Each step was performed. Lishmi. What does Rashi say? Li Lishmi. Lishem Shamayim. But why Li Lishmi? In order to do what? To bring the letters of the name of Hashem together. So he trapped the deer in the forest in their natural environment under the supervision of Hashem. He did not want to purchase the animals from a human selling who's going to make a profit. He fed the deer, to the, the meat to the orphans. He used their hides. Upon the parchment he wrote, he instructed them to teach each other because learning and then teaching what one has learned is the highest form of the study of Torah. This process is responsible for the survival and persistence of the study of Torah. So according to this explanation, Rabbi Chiyah went to all of the trouble because his intention was to make them a foundation and model for the two Kiruvim that were in the Bet HaMikdash below on earth that correspond to the Vav He, Vatagel Ha'aretz, so that he would merit the presence of the Shekhinah, which represents the Yud He, Yismechu HaShamayim. Therefore, he made every effort to do everything in Tahara. And this is why Rabbeinu HaKadosh was so impressed and moved by Rabbi Chiyah that he said, how great are the deeds of Chiyah. So now, what is the whole idea of bringing the two together? Why, why is the effort to say, L'Shem Yichud? So we're talking about in the beginning. Why? Before I do the mitzvah. What time did you start? 10 to 8. We started, eight. We started 7. 5 was 5 after 7. So it says, what, what was the idea? What's the idea of the L'Shem Yichud? So the, 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 what the, the idea is in some ways, it's a very, very deep concept. I actually, I said to Victor, is there a way to explain this in, uh, in, a, in a couple of paragraphs? And he said, uh, no. <laughs> so, but, but Victor, my brother. So I, I, so I said, so he so says, how, how, how can I explain it in a, in a short? He says that what happens in the world, there's a disconnect. Sometimes you say, you know, why is life not going the right way it needs to go? If you're telling me that Hashem is always good and always giving and only giving and everything is for the good, then why didn't I win Lotto? You know what I mean? Why, why didn't it come into my vessel? My vessel's here. I do poteach et yadecha. Fill me up, right? What's happening? 
So there's a disconnect between the yud and the hay and the vav and the hay. The disconnect is there's the upper level and there's the lower level. One way to try to explain it is the way through we said through Avraham Avinu. Avraham Avinu comes to Hashem and Hashem says, I'm going to give you children. And Hashem says to Avraham, Avraham, I looked in the stars and I see I can't have children. The world is governed. He says to Hashem, I can't have children. The world is governed by rules. There's rules. So if we understand, the world originally is the yud Hey the vav Hey together. It's all connected. When Adam sins, there's a separation. This is the galut of the Shekhinah. The galut that comes together in, uh, in the receiving of the Torah and Har Sinai. And then the golden calf comes together, goes apart. Comes together, the building of the Mikdash comes apart. We keep separating. What does it mean we separate and what do we try to bring together? So Beracha is coming from the Yud and the He. It comes through the Vav to the He below. But if there's a disconnect between the Yud and the He and the Vav and the He, there's no flow. There's no flow. What is the separation between the Yud and the He and the Vav and the He? This is what we're going to call the astrology. The, war, the, the laws of the world. Abraham looks up and says, I see. The laws of the world mean I can't have a child. So what does Hashem do? Hashem takes him to a place above the mazalot. Because we use the word habet na. Look please. When we use the word habet in Tehillim, generally it means looking down. It means Hashem had to take Abraham to a place above Above the mazalot, to the place of the yud in the hay, to the higher level. Now, there's the higher level goes through one channel and another channel. That's why we say dechilu verechimu verechimu verechilu. Why the double language? Because we need to bring it complete. But what happens is Hashem is saying to Abraham, "You think that there's a break because you see the mazalot as the break, but there's two options here. One is to bring the upper lower, or to bring the lower upper." Now, one of the times we have the opportunity, you want, to, you want me to give you the tafli, right? One of the times we say we have the opportunity is every Friday night. Why every Friday night? We say that Shabbat hi mikor beracha. We say in the Chadadi, Shabbat hi mikor beracha. Shabbat is the source of beracha. The rabbi gets up and says, all the money, all the, everything you have, the children, everything you have is coming from Shabbat. I say, what do you mean? On Shabbat, my store is closed. How could I have the money from Shabbat? Shabbat, you told me to close the store when every other store is making money. You're telling me that's my source? So we have, we have the, the, uh, the ten uh, sefirot. This, the, the, so we have the upper and the lower. The yud and the hay, we're saying is equal to a level called chokhmah and binah. Then there's a break. Then we have the vav, which is the channel. This is zeranpin. And the hay, which is malchut below. The idea is there's a hay below and there's a hay above. The hay above is represented by Bina. What happens on Shabbat, specifically the Ben Ishchai brings, is we have a Neshama Yetera that we get during the prayers of Friday night. How is it possible to say we're going to have a second soul? I'm Sybil, two people talking inside of me to each other. You know, the, is that what it is? No, it can't be that I have two people in me. That's not my nisha, my yitzara. It's not a, a second person. It's not a visitor who's coming to join me. The neshama yitzara is an expansion of my soul. So my soul, the hay of my soul, is down here. I want to get to the hay of bina because the hay of bina is above the mazalot. If I get above the mazalot, then I'm not subject to the mazalot. Then everything that's going to flow, flows with no break in the channel. Okay? So Friday night, one thing to have in mind, is when I'm saying Barechu, after the Kaddish, before the Shema, the only time that we get up and stand and bow and get up, is Barechu of Friday night. The rest of the Barechu, you don't have to do this, you don't have to get up, you don't have to do anything, you can sit like this. But the Baruch of Friday night, the Ben Ishchai says you have to get up. And he brings three places that you're receiving this Neshama Yetera. It's the expansion of my Neshama. So if I could imagine for a second, 
Barechu. I'm bowing down. So I'm drawing the lower hay. Either I'm drawing the upper hay down to the lower hay. And then when I raise myself up, I'm raising the lower hay up to the upper hay. So that the lower hay and the upper hay join. So the yud in the hay and the vav in the hay join without a break in between. Which means on Shabbat, all of the light, all of the, the sustenance, all of whatever we're going to say, all the bracha, is able to draw completely from the Yudin Hay into the Vavin Hay. This is the gift of Shabbat. You're not subject to the Mazalot. You're not subject to the rules. You're not subject to the break that we exist in. So there are times that Hashem gives us the ability to go beyond nature. It says, En Mazal Yisrael. There's no Mazal, but there is Mazal. We say, we begin Adar, lucky. We begin, we begin Av, not lucky. So what do you mean? So we're subject to something. How do you overcome what you're subject to? A number of ways, but one of those ways is to bring the upper Yudhei and the lower Yudhei together. One of the ways is Shabbat. He's bringing out one of the most unbelievable ways is in teaching children Torah. If children are learning Torah, it brings Hashem to the point where you're recreating, in essence, this... Mikdash below, Vatagel Haaretz, and then you could have the possibility of always we have Kol Haneshama Tehalilya. Always we could say this. The the Yudhei Yismechu Hashamayim. There's a Mikdash up there, no matter what. What do we have to do? We have to build the Mikdash below. If not in a physical terms of building the Mikdash below, through our deeds we create bricks that build. Through the children we create bricks that build. Through the Shabbat of setting everything aside, we in essence connect. And when we connect the Yud in the Hay and the Vav in the Hay, we bring to us Beracha Ad Belidai. Beracha with no end, no limit. And that's the whole idea. I think in, a, in a terms that we can understand in a practical of L'Shem Yichud Kudshab That's what we're trying to do. We're trying to say, Hashem, you're in Galut. I'm in Galut. I want to be with you. I don't want to be separate from you. Let me do something to earn my way to bring us back together. And all Hashem says is, please, stick your hand up. I'll grab it. But we have to do the action below in order for the action to be done above. So Rav Chia teaches us an unbelievable lesson. Look what he does. He puts this tremendous effort into teaching the children. And the five and the six representing the five and the six of the parochet and representing the five and the six of Mishnah and the, and, the, and the Torah and teaching them, representing the Kiruvim, talking to each other. And through his effort, he's saying, and in essence, Rabbi is saying, yeah, he did this. He's connecting the Yud in the Hay and the Vav in the Hay. And we should be Zohar to learn, to be able to do things in our lives that will bring together the Yud and Hay and the Vav and Hay. And we should be blessed. Be blessed that Hashem says, I'm going to give you bracha, I believe that. That's basically. Now, does, does the mayor.